Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Saleo Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. The following program is hosted by Annex Wealth Management. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other hosts or advertisers. A Barron's top advisor and a member of the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. And good afternoon, everybody. Here we go. Annex Wealth Management Show is on the air on a beautiful Thursday afternoon uh, on the brink of summer. We're not officially there yet, are we, Dave Spano? Not yet, but uh, it's look, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it. That's the voice of Dave Spano, our president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Our chief investment officer is Derek Felsky. Good afternoon, Derek. Good afternoon, Dan. Good to see both you guys. What's going on? Well, you know, about a week ago... The Dow Jones was down more than 1,800 points, and people were talking about, is this the beginning of a retraction? Well, that has not happened so far this week. In fact, uh, most of the week, and, and including today, uh, it's been kind of a balanced, and we made up a lot of that ground already uh, from what we saw last week. And the conversation continues to be with our clients and with people that stop and talk to me is, how can the market continue to run when the economic news is so bad? And we've talked about this on the show now for several weeks is bifurcation between economic news and the stock market but on the negative side we all we all know it we can just run through it real quickly Derek but you know unemployment rate uh, GDP retraction uh, and of course pandemics and civil unrest but on the other side the Federal Reserve is there. No, the, the Fed is. And, and essentially, I, I view it currently that the market essentially is, is focused on the inflection point in the economy. We clearly bottomed out uh, sometime in May in terms of GDP, uh, in terms of retail sales, housing starts, industrial production, and the rest. So so rightly so, the stock market discounted that, that V, if you will. And typically, corporate profits do V. And as you mentioned, the Federal Reserve remains a, a supportive factor with tons of liquidity, the balance sheet now up to seven trillion on its way to ten trillion. Uh, the Fed chairman gave a fairly dour outlook last week, which I think precipitated that sharp decline you, you mentioned. But generally speaking, we're kind of balanced. And in, in my view, going forward, the central risk really is the virus. This morning we heard from Scott Gottlieb, who used to be in the Trump administration. The Dr. Gottlieb. Dr. Gottlieb, and he was saying that any number of states are at, at the verge of having a real problem with, with new hospitalizations uh, and new infections. So, you know, how will, how will the, these various states respond, I think, will have a, a great impact on what the trajectory of this recovery looks like. So uh, there's an old axiom, and there's there's several of them, and we'll cover a couple of them. The one is don't fight the Fed. And as you said, there was a, a statement that came out from the Federal Reserve. And one thing we do know is that rates will be lower for longer, and that is a concern for if, if you're a growth company. Well, it is a concern, um, but it's also and it's a challenge for investors because while at the same time you see earnings estimates going down precipitously throughout the year and valuations now up 
a commensurate amount. I mean, as the market has continued to rally, the question is, are equities a good value relative to fixed income? And as you mentioned, with interest rates this low, dividend-paying stocks, those that can maintain dividends or increase them, look increasingly attractive relative to fixed income. But that doesn't necessarily mean there's a ton of upside either. That's right. And you know, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but you know, we talk about this thing called the yield curve, you know, where the short-term rates are relative to the longer-term rates. And you want to see it on an upward curve. The Federal Reserve can control the short end, you know, very short end, three months, six months, up up to a year. But the market really controls the longer end, and you have to watch the curve of the yield. That, that's right. I mean, generally speaking, one should be compensated for taking risk into the future, which is why typically short-term interest rates are lower than long-term rates. In addition, long-term rates incorporate inflationary expectations. And right now, inflation is basically dead. You know, we're not really seeing it, despite the fact that the Fed has been printing money and, and expanded their balance sheet. There are many people who believe that ultimately inflation could become a problem, but right now it certainly isn't. Uh, the other thing that came out in the FOMC minute, too, was there was talk about the Fed potentially doing yield curve control, which would have been very bullish for the markets. And essentially what that would have been is instead of just the Fed focus on the short end of the yield curve via uh, the Fed funds rate, they would actually be buying, you know, intermediate term securities like five-year bonds and three-year bonds and things of that nature, which could have pushed rates down at that part of the curve as well, which certainly would have led to a revaluation in equity assets to the upside. And that's further manipulation. You know, it does cause me concern that they are that active. I'd like to see them stay in their house if they would, but uh, that, that is something we need to watch. If yeah. you just joined us, sorry, Derek, if you just joined us, this is the Annex Wealth Management Show, WHBY. Our address is 2801 East Enterprise Avenue in Appleton. Number is 903-9800. And I'm given that address because we're meeting with clients at our physical location. Or you can use Annex everywhere if you feel like staying at home. That is absolutely no problem. Annex Wealth Management is a Barron's top advisor, a four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, and a proud partner of the University of Wisconsin. Thanks, Danny. Uh, good to see that University of Wisconsin is talking about going back to school and football. It? So yeah. uh, exciting. You know, the other the other saying, uh, Derek, is don't fight the tape. And that really means that the momentum is in the favor of equities right now. It's above you know, some of its indexes and some of its markers. And so it is, it is another saying that we're watching. But as we get to the end of June, there is a lot of things that happen, some technical things that happen within the market that our listeners should know about. Yeah, I think you really got to be a little bit, you know, you know con- disconcerting about you know some of the issues that could pertain to that. One of the things is we could have a major pension fund rebalance at month end. Typically what pension funds do is at the end of a quarter they rebalance their portfolios. In other words, they sell what's worked and add to what didn't. And clearly equities in the second quarter have worked fantastically. We're up over 43% from the low made in uh, late March. Uh, so that could put some downward pressure, particularly in areas of the market that have outperformed, namely the technology sector. Tech stocks have had a fat Fabulous run. Apple made a new all-time high uh, yesterday, continues to trade very well. Microsoft as well, beneficiaries to some degree of, of stay-at-home. So th- you want to take a look at what your portfolio looks like and, and potentially rebalance alongside those pension funds. Yeah, it's a great point. You know, we talk about rebalancing, and, and we, mom and pop should do that as well. But, you know, even the multi-billion dollar pension funds and institutions, they have to rebalance too because, for example, they might have a 60-40 split, and because equities have done so well, that 
the equities might represent 70% and they have to sell some things, that might be selling the winners. And as that happens, there might be an opportunity to pick up some equities that you've been watching. Yeah, it's really a risk management tool if you think about it, because most of the volatility in portfolio comes from equities, not fixed income. And generally speaking, by selling your winners and adding to losers, you reduce the overall volatility of the portfolio going forward, which leads to better risk-adjusted returns. You know, one of the things we always watch is what some of the well-known advisors saying, and you know, we've watched them all, Leon Cooperman and David Tepper, but Jeremy Grantham is a person that you've been watching for many years, probably decades, uh, made some interesting comments this week. Yeah, he um, he was very negative on, on U.S. stocks. In fact, when, when pressed by a commentator on, on CNBC, he essentially suggested that investors sell 100% of their U.S. equity holdings, and if they're comfortable, sell even more than that, which essentially means bet negatively, and invest the proceeds in emerging market companies because if he feels the valuation disparities are just too wide. Now, we don't we don't necessarily believe that, but I wanted to mark that this guy had said that. No, he, he did, and, and in fact, in the past, he said some things. He said stocks were overvalued in 2000. He proved to be correct there. And he also said the same thing in 2007 and was ultimately correct there, which is, again, a reason why it makes total sense to look at your portfolio, rebalance it, because what you don't want to do is end up with a top-heavy portfolio with high valuations that leads to greater risks than you're willing to tolerate. You know, I was just uh, filling up the truck uh, at the gas station. Someone walked up and knew who I was, and we were having a conversation, and they were asking me really asset allocation questions. I'm the things that we talk about on a daily basis, but it goes to the fact that you have to go through this exercise that we do every day with, with the people that come in to see us, Danny, and that is to do a portfolio review and make sure it fits in your financial plan as well. And we talk about the things that, that you should do, the rebalance, the looking at the portfolio, knowing what you own. If that is not within your skill set, You've got a partner that has that skill set, and that's Annex Wealth Management. You can do it very simply by heading to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. It's just that simple. It opens up the conversation. We won't bug you. We are on your side with this as a fee-only fiduciary. Up next, Ian Phillips is going to talk about financial planning during job loss or furlough or salary reductions. And also a preview of a webinar, which happens Monday, that uh, handles that. Stick around. That's next on the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Custom tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management, joins me. Hello, Deanne. Well, hello, Danny. Well, we went from low unemployment to layoffs, pay cuts, furloughs, and lost income. And you have some tips to share, and we'll start at the top, which is self-care. Yep, and that falls into several categories. With everything going on in the world with the virus and, of course, in our financial worlds, it's... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details 
natural to experience a heightened sense of stress, anxiety, even fear. So to be sure, take care of your mental health. Now, even if we live alone, we need to remember we're not alone in this. Many people are experiencing the same things economically. So be sure and take care of your mental health. It's okay to seek counseling. Use telehealth resources, which are out there now, and be kind to yourself. Give yourself a good dose of grace and understanding. And don't forget about your physical health, though, too. So thankfully gyms are starting to open back up and the good old outdoors might be calling in terms of weather so you know danny a stroll by a garden or walk in the park uh, you can borrow a dog right it does wonderful things to help clear the mind it's okay to cut yourself a break and actually take a break it's a shock when it happens but you're right self-care first take a deep breath and after that we get down to dollars and cents you bet so even if you've never done a budget or maybe that word makes you shudder right take a good look at your spending track where you spend. Now, many banks that you bank with might be able to do this already for you electronically where they separate your spending into categories. And there is technology also out there and software like Mint that can help you too. Be sure and look at your discretionary spending. And you know, Danny, this is a great exercise, whether you're having a liquidity crisis because of a change in income or even when you retire or thinking about it, right? So look at things like your memberships, online services, heck, gardening spending now that we're getting outdoors right go ahead and divide your expenses into two parts ones that you absolutely have to have monthly rent mortgage utilities basics like food and gas insurance and then there's your extras bucket entertainment dining out now i guess it'd be takeout right what you spend on hobbies or what on travel then look at your sources of funding those buckets remembering that you have more control over the discretionary or fun bucket And this is when the thing we talk about quite often, the emergency fund, that's when that comes into play. Absolutely. Very critical and important. Cash on hand is certainly handy if you see yourself in a job flux or when the unexpected happens, like an air conditioning going out on the hottest day, right? So emergency funds are made for moments like this. To help fund that have-to-have bucket and for emergencies when income's running short. So then we look to our cash on hand, maybe letting that CD that's coming due now in this low interest rate environment refund up that emergency fund. Deanne Phillips is here and offering some tips on how to get through some tough financial times during the pandemic. And it happens with pay cuts, layoffs, furloughs, and lost income. Right, and some expenses might just need to be prioritized. This is the best time to check those spending habits. You might need to lock away your credit card for a little bit. I've even heard, Danny, of people freezing their credit cards in a block of ice, so temporarily kind of putting them on ice, so to speak. Well, especially if that's a primary rescue source for funding things like gas or food purchases. Those can add up. All of a sudden, we have this debt, and we really don't have a concrete idea of where it came from. Sometimes that good old envelope method works have cash to start out the month put the amount you spend on safer groceries in that envelope for that month when it's done it's done or even just for a trip to the store the important thing here is to monitor this can make us more thoughtful before we spend and when we're going through a temporary monetary personal crisis like a job loss understanding our spending and knowing we have a method 
in place to help really makes us feel better. How about some other liquidity options? Oh, sure. Home equity lines of credit can provide a less expensive way to tap into cash with a better interest rate. So this is basically a line that is backed by the equity you own in your home. So the amount of market value above any mortgage. And it can be a good thing to consider when getting a mortgage or refinancing. Ask about the fees and rates on that HELOC, that home equity line of credit. Um, If you have one, be sure you know the rate and payment, though, before you tap into it. We've got about a minute left. Let's talk about what the CARES Act allows for people who are affected by COVID-19. That's the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act that was passed in March. And it allows people to access funds in their workplace retirement accounts like a 401k or an IRA or actually take a loan out penalty free against it if the administrator allows for it and your plan allows for that. But you have to have been impacted by COVID-19. So if you, your spouse, or direct family member is diagnosed with it, or if you have incurred negative financial consequences as a result of the pandemic, you may be eligible to take a retirement account distribution of up to about 100000 without an early withdrawal penalty. Now, you still have to pay income tax, but there's an option to spread those taxes out over three years. Or again, you might be able to treat the withdrawal as a loan, paying yourself back, but you still have tax due uh, on those three years. You can spread it out over three years, but then you would need to file for a rebate of any taxes paid if you pay yourself back. Now, this rule only lasts until September 23rd of this year, and really, it should be thought of as a last resort option. Look to those emergency funds, lower 0% credit cards, and non-retirement investments first. Financial planning doesn't stop, though, during market volatility. We have a webinar coming up pretty quickly. You bet. Financial planning during market volatility, and that is happening on Monday, June the 22nd at 3.30 p.m. Central Time, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can register at AnnexWealth.com under the Events tab. That's good. It's a great service. It's free to attend. Don't have to be a client. We highly recommend it. Again, AnnexWealth.com slash events. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, the CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you. Annex Wealth Management Show, WHBY, website AnnexWealth.com. Barron's top advisor, four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, a proud partner of the University of Wisconsin. David, I'd like to bring up this really tragic story of this kid in Naperville, Illinois, who got involved in day trading using this Robinhood, which is a what no fee, low cost platform, it's a trading right, platform, right? Mm-hmm. So, looked at his phone, saw he was seven hundred and sixty thousand dollars in the red. Right, stepped in front of a train. Yeah. So he, yeah. So it's a tragic story, but uh, I, we wanted to talk about this so people can learn from it. And we have talked about on this show. Uh, about Robinhood trading. We're seeing a lot of that, and people who were betting on the overs and unders of Big Ten games are now uh, buying stocks on leverage. And so he must have had some capital to take some leverage out. But I want to do a quick primer, Mark, on what margin is and how it works. Well, certainly what you're doing is loaning against a balance. So let's say in this particular case, and I'm using this as a hypothetical, I don't know the facts of this case, but let's say he started with 50000 and had some wins. And maybe he runs that up to half a million or something like that. The brokerage house will let you borrow against that half a million dollars of unrealized gains up to 50% of the value of that. So in this case, he could take another 250000 On margin and use that to buy more.
for a stock. Right. So you're day trading this in a very risky proposition, and all of a sudden you've taken a $50,000 investment, and you're sitting there with you know hundreds of thousands of dollars in potential debt. Well, if those stocks start to go down, they get a margin call, which is the bank wants some of their money back, plus the interest that you're being charged on that. And if you can't sell out, they'll sell you out to the point where you sell at a loss, and if the market's going against you, that loss becomes realized. Now you don't own the shares, you don't get the possibility of the future gains of those shares, and you have locked in a loss. And some people simply say, at my income, there's no way I can replace $500,000 in margin debt. And and then you lead to tragic situations like this. And we've seen this over our decades in the businesses. We get what are called margin calls. In right. fact, there might even been a movie to that to that name, but uh, that's what this was. And so that's it, a good analogy. Maybe it was 50 that went, you know, stock went from $1 to $10 a share, and now it's worth 500 He borrows 250 and then it goes back to $1 share, and you're left holding the bag, literally. And you got to be an investor, right? I mean, when you're a trader, these are the consequences of being a trader, is you get these margin calls and things like that. And when you're an investor, you, you, you think more, you know, of safety, and then trying to make sure that your financial plan works in the long term. And you don't take those large bets and, and you know, hope. If you take some fun money and you want to do that in your life, and, and use a platform like Robinhood, God bless you. But if you're talking about real money, investment dollars for your long term, you invest those dollars, don't trade them. And lastly, I think that the key here is is the margin, is the leverage. Yep. If you put in $50,000, you should be willing to lose $50,000 if you're going to do this day trading stuff. And that, that's a key point. And if it goes away, it goes away. But once you start margin, using margin and debt, and that's when you can get into trouble. Dan. Absolutely. When we talk about financial planning for a great retirement, uh, we're talking about sensible. We're talking about ways that make sense. We're talking about putting a great team on your side. That's what Annex Wealth Management does. Boy, it's not about us. It's about you. It's one team, one plan, and one fee. And by the way, Dave Spano, my sister, who is a client of Annex Wealth Management, is celebrating her second week of retirement. She says, thank you. She got to the point the other day, she wasn't sure what day it was. And I was like, oh, that's a Every day is a Saturday. That's a life goal. We can help. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. We'll be back. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Team, tech, trust, and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisor say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. It's time for Ask Annex. If you got a question for us, we're always open at AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. First one is from Chris. Is any of the recent rally being created by people working at home using low-cost trading platforms? Well, it's, it's a great question, and, and I... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
I often think about this, but you know, you, some people are stuck at home and where they would play, be playing fantasy football or, uh, or or playing some video games, they are maybe buying some stocks. Isn't that a lot cheaper to play fantasy football? It sure is. Yeah. But, you know, we're watching this. You know, there's been a lot of people talking about the platform Robinhood, that people are doing that because it's a zero commission trade. But the interactive brokerage guy was on and he said that's not the fact. But we're looking at it and right now, and, and all I would say to these com- people who are buying some of these stocks like Hertz and, and others that are bankrupt, that the last time I looked, there's no rule uh, in investing about being stupid. Well, there certainly isn't. And you think about just Hertz as an example. Think about what happened this week. Hertz is bankrupt, right? And if you're a common stock shareholder, you're the last person to get money in a bankruptcy. So if they do liquidate the entire company, sell all the cars and everything else that's left, the bondholders come first and whatever's left zero goes to the common shareholders. And now they're talking about issuing another billion dollars worth right. of stocks. So be careful, people. And on Friday, Mark, uh, it was up 60 cents on a $2.60 stock. So that's a nice day if you, uh, if, if you can get paid for that. But Derek, it's not just Hertz. There's a lot of other companies that we're watching as well. It's symptomatic of excess speculation. We saw the same thing in Chesapeake Energy, another company that's facing bankruptcy that was up a, a massive amount. And generally speaking, these heavily shorted companies are vulnerable to these types of moves. And when you've got the cost of trading essentially zero, when you see a stock starting to spike and it costs nothing to buy, you take a shot at it and you trigger short sellers to cover, which could cause these stocks to go up very quickly in a very short period of time. Generally speaking, it's not something I would advise people to do. And again, and this is an important piece, people can do this if they want to do this, but let's separate the difference between speculation and investing for the long term. It's Ask Annex. Got a question for us? AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. Our next one is from Tim. Has Warren Buffett lost his mojo? Could you explain the, the, that question? Yeah, well, mojo, well, you know, you've got a little mojo. Because all those years in radio, you have to know what mojo is. I just got ojo. Um, <laughs> so what would, why would people think that? Why would people say that? Uh, because uh, what you know, the, the companies that he sold at the bottom, which were the airline stocks and the financial stocks that he sold, uh, Derek, and that's why people think this. Yeah, I mean, his style has clearly been out of favor. It's been a growth-oriented market. I mean, he's a value investor, a deep value investor from the Ben Graham School, and I know that one of those day traders we referred to uh, sort of explicitly in the last segment, you know, said that Warren Buffett was now an idiot. Well, you know, he's generated an awful lot of profits for an awful lot of people, and when people start to say that kind of thing, that's what I start to think that value is going to come back in favor. So you remember back in 99 and 2000 when you could get in a taxi cab when there were taxi cabs, and, and you take advice from the guy driving, and that, that was always a sign that there was uh, froth and speculation in the market. What was the famous story? Wasn't you- Somebody knew the crash was coming when the shoeshine boy gave Exactly, the right. So right. be careful where you get your advice. Okay, next one is from Bill. Do you have any data on how ESG investing stacks up against other investments? Okay, yeah. ESG. Yeah, let's explain, Mark, what ESG is, and, and I'm going to put some color to this after you do that. So ESG, environmental, social, and governance. And it's a style of investing, and it's socially responsible investing. And the question that you ask is, you know, how does it stack up against the S&P 500 or tactical investing or things like that? And typically, it has not done as well. It hasn't. Essentially, you, you're throwing out a lot of companies that have done extraordinarily well over the long haul. But generally 
speaking, it's become increasingly popular, and I certainly, it's a lot of great companies. I mean, you can put Apple in there and Visa and any number of other great companies that we all know, and it's it's a wave of the future. Clearly, they're gaining assets fairly dramatically. And I'll tell you, as this movement gets more traction, there are going to be people who will only invest right. in ESG companies, and you'll see it right now. There's a lot of companies. We saw the action from Starbucks this week in both Amazon and Apple the, is supporting the movement. And so those companies will garner assets from, for example, universities and foundations who only want to invest in that. I do sit on a board uh, that has one of those mandates, and those are part of the questions that they ask. When you build up your investment portfolio, that's what you go through. Mark, there's no question right now, this is the time to understand what you own. It certainly is. No matter where you've been as an investor, we've never had a year before like 2020. And if you have not looked at your risk tolerance, if you've not looked at your portfolio in the past, you have to ask yourself, you have to look in the mirror and say, what's my financial plan? And if not now, when? Because given everything that's happened, it's going to have an impact on your portfolio going forward. And it's going to have an impact on your financial plan and the success of that plan. If you look at your statement and you see a bunch of letter codes and that's as far as you are feeling comfortable, that's okay. We can walk you through that. Sometimes it's as easy as a first phone call. Here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm trying to do. Then we'll just gather up your information and we'll help you. The way to start, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Joined by Dennis Johnson, branch director and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Dennis. Good afternoon, Danny. You know, we help our clients with investment and retirement planning in many ways that are logical and they're sound. And one of those is estimating in retirement cash flow needs. How do we do that? What's the process? You asked the $64,000 question here. What we're hearing a lot right now, what's really unique with this period of time, is that we've had a lot of clients who have spent some time at home in the last couple months, and they're anxious to get started with that retirement process. Even if they were just getting close, they were coming in the door saying, Dennis, let's go through our financial plan. I know we're on track, but I just want to see it one more time. So we will go through that financial plan, and then we always seem to migrate to that cash flow. How are we going to provide for that number? Yes, he may be, he or she may be 100% sustainable and everything, all their ducks are in a row. But at the same time, how are we going to make that work? And one of the key points that we make and spend a lot of time on in our conversations is cash flow. It's a very unique subject because there's a lot of moving parts and it's a very much a variable situation. Now, Dennis shared his notes with me and step one, with Dennis and his team, find a realistic baseline. What's that exactly mean? What we've asked clients to do before they even come in and see us for the first time is that we will have them list out their expenses as an asset test, where they are right now with their expenses. Now, that might include a mortgage at that time. It may include uh, maybe a car loan, but mostly what we're aiming for is what is the cell phone bill? Do you do charitable giving? What are you spending on vacations? What do you spend on groceries? Do you have entertainment in there? You go to the movies. You know, what is it that you do that you spend money on that you enjoy doing? We then add up all those numbers and we identify what their cash flow need is. 
is. So we get a good handle on what their expenses are. Benison, your step two, it's the before and after tax discussion. I guess you got to get to taxes sooner or later. Yes, the tax man's got his hand out. So what we're looking at here, we need to get a good handle on what the taxes are that are being paid based on earnings, based on dividend income, capital gains, whatever that might be. We need to take a good look at how taxes are affecting cash flow. In order to do that, what we do is we obtain the tax return from the prior year, get an expectation of earnings for this particular year or the year in which they're retiring, uh, because oftentimes they don't work the whole year. Uh, a lot of people, and what I've seen the last couple of days is that people are looking to retire on their birthday. It's a pretty special time for these people. We identify what their taxes are so that we can better provide for them that after-tax cash flow or spending, that actual spendable money that they're looking for. It's easier for them to judge that way. And we have special accounting systems. We have uh, CPAs on staff. We have people who can assist people in identifying what those expenses are and then the resulting net cash flow. You mentioned earlier mortgages or car loans. So debt does factor in. Debt is something that a lot of people try to take care of, but, you know, life gets in the way. They have things that postpone that paying off that mortgage, and sometimes they rely on maybe their bonus. If they get a bonus, uh, they rely on different things to pay down that mortgage or that car loan as fast as they can. And once they get in closer to that retirement mode, the process changes a little bit. That anxiety level goes up, and they do their best to pay it off. We're on the line with Dennis Johnson, branch director and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, talking about estimating in retirement cash flow needs, people's lifestyle change when they retire. That's got to be a factor. It's a big factor because a lot of times people are doing commuting to work. Maybe they're buying clothes, you know, whether they work in an office setting and they they normally wear shorts and T-shirts at home. There's different things that they're doing that they may not be doing once they retire. So there's also other things, such as maybe if they work, obviously, outside the home, they either brown bagging it or they're going to fast food or eating someplace else. They're doing all these different things that may change once they're retired. For example, now they're going to have time to prepare some of that food at home. Maybe it's just a trip to the grocery store every once in a while to load up, and, and they're actually enjoying the process of cooking, baking, and doing things that they can enjoy during their retirement, what they've been looking for. Well, that's a lot of fun stuff, but then one that we do need to talk about, health care costs. Yes, health care costs. That is something that uh, everybody has in the back of their mind when going through retirement. What we try to do is that we will get a health care expert sitting at the table with us to better get a handle on what that health care cost is going to be. So once numbers are created in regards to health care, that's something we can better work around. And sometimes, yes, health care is expensive, but sometimes to some people, they find out how inexpensive it is because their anxiety is it taking them to too high of a level. In our final minute, let's talk about what you call the fudge factor. Yes, the fudge factor. That part of the discussion that gets a little vague, no matter that how lengthy or how intense the conversation Many people, when they retire, they don't know what's going to be required maybe from helping out adult children or what other unexpected things that might come up. Maybe just a need for rainy day money as far as that cash flow is concerned. You know, if you're a homeowner, you never know really what's going to come up from time to time. It could be your freezer. It could be a refrigerator. It could be your air conditioner. Maybe a new roof. It can be different things that are going to affect us that are difficult to plan for. 
So what we do in our financial planning process is we create line items. We try to come up with what is that possible expense. If you haven't changed your roof in 30 years, we might want to have that kind of conversation. There are those things out there that are unexpected that we need to be prepared for. That's what we do. That's how we think. And that's how we plan estimating in retirement cash flow needs with Dennis Johnson, branch director and wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Danny. Have a good afternoon. Hey, coming up next, if you'd like to leave some money to your children, what's the best way to do that? We'll take a look at that up next on the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. an investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary. And we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust at Annex Wealth Management. Jill Martin is the estate planning attorney here, and she works with clients on a wide array of matters, including what we're going to talk about today. Welcome back. Thanks, Danny. Leaving money to minors. Now, I'm thinking trust fund babies. I think that's the first phrase that comes to mind, and I've known some, and they've been A, insufferable, and B, it hasn't gone well. Well, it depends on A, the dollar amount, but trust funds are generally actually a pretty good idea. And I think today we'll talk about what are some of the alternatives and maybe you might get turned around that the trust fund might be the better of the four. Okay. The typical arrangement, right? Spouses would leave money to the other spouse in the event that one of them died, right? That's a the beneficiary, that's, the that's primary? That's a pretty typical estate plan where, okay. you know, married couple leaves everything to each other and then when the second of them passes, it passes on to the kids. But it doesn't always work that way, right? If something tragic happened, but then there's plenty of single parents too. Correct. And so it's important to think about if something happened to you and you were the sole parent that was alive, whether it's because a spouse predeceased or passed away at a very young age, or there's a divorce and, and they're just not yeah. in the picture anymore, those types of things, it's important for people to think about. So I was reading up about this and I came across the phrase property management and that seemed really clinical, like it was a series of buildings or something. <laughs> but what do you think about that? When you leave something to someone who's under 18, somebody needs to manage it. Whether it's they get left a house, somebody needs to take care of that house for those children, somebody needs to manage finances or a bank account for those kids. That's what I guess property management would be. So to properly pass money to kids, is this set up via a will or is this a trust? It can be both or it can be none of the above. What happens is we work with a lot of clients who they use beneficiary designation. Maybe they say, I leave my IRA to my spouse and in the event that my spouse passes away before I do, I leave it to my kids. That's a very typical kind of estate plan and beneficiary designation form. The issue there becomes if all of a sudden both spouses have passed away and those kids are minors, they're going to inherit that IRA as minors. And so then all of a sudden they've got IRAs that they need to deal with and, and we have to figure out what to do with them. I saw the phrase court-appointed guardians. If you have minor children and you normally in a will would list who would be the guardian of those children in the event that you passed away and they're still minors. What that looks like is, is there's two types of guardianship. There's guardian of the person who are they going to live with? Who's going to take them to school and coordinate, you know, the vacations and all of those types of things. But then there's also a guardian of the estate, and that's the person who manages the property. So normally in a will, you appoint someone to be that person. It, they can be the same. They don't have to be different, but you're picking who that's going to be. 
in the absence of a will, likely what's going to happen, an interested family member is going to come forward and ask to be appointed by the court. It is going to be someone that is known to the family that the court is going to basically pass judgment on and say that this is the appropriate person. Talking to Jill Martin about passing money to kids many different ways, many different situations. Let's talk about something called the UTMA, the U-T-M-A. What does that stand for? So U-T-M-A is a lovely acronym in our legal world. The Uniform Transfers to Minors Act. That allows you to transfer property in a little bit more efficient way than having this full guardianship of the estate that comes into play. Because the guardianship of the estate has annual court filings and the guardian is going to have to go to court and get permission to make distributions for the benefit of that minor. And guardianships terminate when that child turns 18. UTMAs are a statutory creation that basically allows someone to create an account where they name someone as a custodian to take care of that money for the minor. The difference with the UTMA account is it extends it out to 21, but it also doesn't have the court supervision over it. So that custodian who's, who's taking care of those funds can use those funds for the minor without having to get court approval to do everything. So UTMA, to me, sounds cleaner, better? Uh, depends on your facts and circumstances is my answer in my legal world, okay. right? The difference is, is the guardianship is very, very supervised so that the court is going to ensure those funds are used for the benefit of that minor. The UTMA account doesn't have the court involvement. So if you pick a custodian who's not real great with money, they could start potentially siphoning that money off for themselves rather than for the minor. So there's some pros and cons with both of them that depends on who it is that you trust to be that person. But generally, the UTMA is going to be less invasive from a, an administrative standpoint. So no matter what, when the, when the person, the kid, turns 21, they get it all? That is going to be their account going forward. Okay. And so what happens is, is, you know, like at Annex, we have UTMA accounts for clients where maybe a grandparent set it up for a child. And so what happens is, is legally that child becomes the owner of that account when they're 21. And therefore, they have full control over that account. Could that be a disaster? 18, 21, right. 40? I don't know. <laughs> yes. I mean, right. <laughs> depending on what's going on with your facts and circumstances, any age could be detrimental. But a a lot of people tend to think that 18 and 21 might be a little young for people to inherit money. My research has shown, yes, that is the case. So can you do it where somebody would inherit the money at 30 or, or later? Or? Yeah, so that's where you can use trusts. Instead of leaving money just to the minor outright, which creates the guardianship or into an UTMA account, people will use trusts as part of their estate plan. So you can do this under the will or under a revocable trust that you use. But basically, instead of leaving it to my son, Bob, I'm leaving it in trust for my son, Bob. And what that does is that creates a trustee who's going to be responsible for that property management, making distributions. But you get to customize the terms and conditions that Bob gets to make distributions for and the age at which that trust would terminate, if at all. It sounds complicated and it sounds like something definitely people need professional help on. Jill, that's what you do for our clients. Absolutely. Jill Martin, as a state planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. You're welcome. Annex Wealth Management Show, WHBY. There's a great example of the team... Uh, many times we think that, that if you're not working with Annex and you've got a question about estate planning and your person is a one or two person shop, they've got to call somebody else, not here.
Well, certainly, you, you think about the circle of professional contacts that you have, and you know, there's a lot of people out there that you know are work with brokers and insurance companies, and they know an attorney. But the problem that we've seen over the years is that when you start to get answer shopping, where you go to your lawyer and they tell you one thing, and then you go to your CPA and they tell you something else, and you go to your financial advisor and they tell you yet a third thing, is that people end up doing nothing, or they end up with a very uncoordinated plan. When you're working with one team that has all those expertise in the same room, at the same time, they can come up with a coordinated plan for you. And that makes a lot of difference because people who have not done this before, it seems like a hassle. you got to ride around town and go see the tax guy, ride around town and go see the attorney, go back and see your financial advisor, work out the conflicts where they've told you different things and different solutions, and you're left kind of making self-medication, if you will. This is a coordinated approach for one team, and it makes a difference. Yep, and we can help. You can do it on a Thursday afternoon. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. And that basically just starts the conversation. You can do it on the phone. You can do it via the web. You can stop in at our office on Enterprise Avenue. It's just that easy. It's really something you can do and you can start. Make a difference today. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. We'll see you in a week. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on WHBY. The previous program was hosted by Annex Wealth Management. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other hosts or advertisers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.